It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's November. It means it's Gratitude Month, and we're talking about what we're grateful for about BYU. I know, they've lost four straight, but there's still things to be grateful for if you're a Cougar fan. Let me explain. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all had a fantastic Halloween, whether you're out trick-or-treating like I was with your kids, handing out candy at your house, or just out at a party. I hope it was a fantastic holiday. But nonetheless, a huge thank you for joining us here. We are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU fans in the room. And obviously, the way to do that is to tune in every single day right here on the podcast. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And as I mentioned in the open, it's gratitude month. It's November. It's crazy to think we are already in the final stanza of this year. It seems to fly by once football season gets here for me. Uh, Truthfully, uh, the start of August, my wife uh, will sarcastically always every year, I'll see you in December. And those ensuing three or four months, really until we get to early December, when things quiet down a little bit uh, with regards to bowl season uh, being a couple weeks off and the regular season being in the rearview mirror. That's really just a kind of a full-time sprint for me uh, doing what I do. But nonetheless, it's crazy to think about. We're already into the month of November, but it's it's gratitude month. I know that Thanksgiving's coming up at the, end, at the end of the month, but a lot of people out there, I see it on social media every November. I'm going to go every day of this month talking about something I'm grateful for. So yeah, I decided, you know what? Typically on Tuesdays, we've had Clark Barrington, but due to some logistical things, I was out trick-or-treating. He was at the BYU Trunk or Treat. Uh, I'm sure a number of you out, were out there there, down there at uh, BYU, uh, interacting with the BYU players, their wives and family, etc. But we decided we're going to push that off for another day. So probably have him tomorrow is what it's looking like. So today I decided, you know what? It's November 1st. It's the first day of November. Let's talk about some of the things we're grateful for about BYU. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron right now. The BYU football program is mired in a four-game slump. They went over in the month of October. It's nothing good really on the surface with regards to what BYU BYU football is doing right now. It's crazy to think about uh, this time a month ago, just 30 short days ago, BYU was four and one. They were, everything seemed to be in front of them. And now they're sitting at four and five and absolutely clinging uh, to the hope that they can win two of their final three games just to make it to a bowl game. It's crazy how things have changed, but I want to start off with one thing I'm grateful for. And I, let me be very clear about this. I'm grateful that Kalani Satake is willing to take on the job of being BYU's head coach. Now there were some unsavory comments thrown out there on social media and some message boards over the weekend. My compatriot at the KSL Sports Zone, uh, PK, who also writes for KSL.com, wrote, I thought, a very enlightening article as to why those shouldn't be taken lightly, but at the same time should be stamped out of our society. I I just want to just issue a public, I guess, um, thank you 
to Kalani Sitake. It is not easy to be the head coach at Brigham Young University, especially with how high the the expectations are for this program relative to the resources, the overall cachet, uh, the location of BYU. There's so many things that work against Brigham Young University and its athletics department. But a guy like Kalani Sitake, he grew up a fan of BYU, aspired to play for Lavelle Edwards, got to live his dream playing for the famed Hall of Fame head coach, uh, was actually able to send Lavelle out on a very high note, and he's worked his way up. He he went to Eastern Arizona College, spent time at Southern Utah, obviously spent over a decade at the University of Utah, jumped to Oregon State for a year, and then ultimately landed what he has called his dream job in Provo as the head coach of the BYU football program. I, for one, I, I hope that he has spends his entire career in Provo. Can I ensure that's going to happen? No, I can't, because who knows what might happen. But let me be very clear that I am grateful that Kalani Sitake embodies everything that BYU is all about and he also aspires to be the guy that wants to lead BYU to the heights that, they, that has reached before. Now, doors are going to be opening for BYU moving into the Big 12 in theory for them to reach those heights. Obviously, after BYU won that national title in 1984, a lot of the powers that be conspired to make sure that that would never happen again. You can think of the Bull Alliance, the BECS, the cultural playoff in its current iteration. They were all, in part, put together to ensure that no other mid-major would ever be able to take the prize from the top dogs. Well, guess what? BYU's finally moving in to that level where they should be, in theory, be able to compete for that top prize. Now, obviously, the SEC and the Big Ten are very much ahead of the rest of the pack when it comes to the Power Five conferences, but the simple fact of the matter is BYU's been on the outside looking in for decades. Now, they're moving in beginning next year, and that is another thing I'm grateful for is the fact that BYU, they're finally going to get their shot at being a member of the Power Five. Are things looking all that rosy with regard to the future of BYU, at least in the immediate near term. When it comes to joining the Big 12, no. I, honestly, I don't think it, it, it shouldn't be. You should be looking at it saying, wow, what, what's BYU going to do to be able to compete right away in the Big 12? I think BYU, the biggest thing for them in their early going here, jumping into the Big 12, should be, you know what? The goal is to be bowl eligible. That That's what we're going for. Six and six, seven and five. Heck, if you get to eight and four in your first, I would say two to three to four years in the Big 12, that'd be a pretty massive accomplishment. Obviously, uh, with the new resources coming in, BYU could be Looking at paydays, around $50 million. We detailed that on yesterday's show, the new media rights deal that's going to stabilize the Big 12, at least through the early part of next decade before they will obviously go back to market. There is a huge influx of cash on the way. And that's one other thing I'm very grateful for is that money coming into the BYU Athletic Department. It is my sincere hope that it's redistributed. And we're going to talk about that. Some of you responded with what you'd like to see BYU do with the money that has been handed, oh, not, not, has, not has been handed out, that will be being handed out by the Big 12 to the Brigham Young University Athletic Department and what you'd like to see those funds go towards. But that money, it's going to be absolutely a game changer for BYU. For so many years, so many years, the the old line from BYU is, we do more with less. And they, they kind of reveled in the fact that they were cheap. And I, I, I get why they did it because they honestly didn't have necessarily the deep pockets that they could go out there and really get after it. But now BYU is going to have a lot more money in their wallet uh, figure to be able to throw at things. So I look forward to that day. Other things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for guys like Mark Pope with the BYU men's basketball program. I, I think that he's a fantastic showman, a dogged recruiter, a guy who absolutely gets after on the recruiting trail and wants nothing more 
than to leave BYU in a better state than he found it. And BYU wasn't necessarily in a bad state when he found it. He just wants to take them to heights that he thinks that BYU can get to. Now, will he ultimately realize those dreams? Only time will tell. But that that's the fun part about this. He's, he's a dreamer. He's a guy who you can tell him, well, this is this is the glass ceiling. He's like, you know what? I'm going to bust through that glass ceiling. That's his aspiration. He wants to prove things can be done at BYU that have never been done. I, I truly believe he wants to make it to a Final Four. BYU has that ignominious record of being to the most NCAA tournaments in NCAA men's basketball tournament history without a Final Four appearance. Now, I would also argue that had Brandon Davies not been suspended uh, Jimmer's senior year, I think that is the team that probably makes that run to the Final Four, but that's just a hypothetical and you never quite know because it just never had an opportunity to play out. But I am grateful for guys like Mark Pope. I'm grateful for the overall depth and breadth of BYU's athletic department. I, I, they think that the, the programs in the athletic department, they all compete on a very, very good level relative to what their expectations are. You have programs that are kind of like off the radar that just absolutely are dominant. Think, think about what the cross-country programs did. I forgot to mention them yesterday. They both went out and won the WCC titles. Aubrey Frethenway uh, won the women's individual title at the West at the Coast the Cross Country West Coast Conference Championships over the weekend. Uh, fantastic showing for her on the men's side of things. They're the number two ranked team in the country, but I think we overlook the fact that they've just been historically dominant year in and year out, despite being a quote unquote mid major program. I know that in the track world, it's not as clearly delineated with regards to the haves and the have nots, the P fives and the G fives all. All that stuff, majors and mid-majors, all that. I think that stuff is much more murky when it comes to other sports. But BYU's athletic department is a fantastic athletic department. And that's a feather in the cap of what Tom Homo has done in his decade and a half of leading BYU's athletic department. It's really cool to see uh, Homo dress up as Yoda yesterday. Maybe the biggest, uh, tallest Yoda ever seen. But nonetheless, uh, he embraces all that BYU is. Obviously embracing Halloween because he still remains one of the just foremost... It's, it's, it's anticipated every year. What is Tom Homo going to dress up as for Halloween? And yesterday was Yoda. It's a really, really cool thing that he embraces, but he also embraces all of the sports at BYU. I can say that from experience because I have a wife who was a Division One softball player at BYU, and I can tell you this much. Tom Homo, he knows every football player's name, but he also knows every woman's softball player's name. He knows every woman's tennis player, every men's soccer player. He knows all of the athletes in the athletic department by name, and the best part is he genuinely cares for them. That's one thing I can tell you just from personal experience. It's it's a phenomenal thing. He's got so many athletes and coaches and administrators and uh, trainers, assistant coaches, uh, social media. Like He's got so many people working underneath him. But the one thing I can say about Tom Homo is he truly cares for every single person under his purview. And that number's in the hundreds, if not maybe the low thousands. No, it's probably not that many. But in the hundreds, uh, he, he absolutely cares for every single one of them. And he knows them all by name. It's a really, really remarkable thing that he can do that. And the best part is he actually, my wife uh, saw him, this is probably some time after she'd graduated from BYU. It's been a hot minute. And we were at a, an event and we saw Tom. And the first thing he was about him, Megan Arnold, and that was her, that was her maiden name. He's like, how are you? How, how, how is life for you guys? But like, he just... He, 
stuff like that, 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 that means the world, I think to people, because a lot of people out there, you, you meet them and then it's kind of your name's in one ear and out the other. That's not the way it is with Tom Homo. It's in there forever. And he genuinely cares for you. So I, my question to you guys out there is what are you grateful for? As we kick off gratitude month, as I mentioned here in November, what are you grateful for with regards to BYU football, BYU athletics, Brigham Young University as a whole? Like, what are you grateful for when it comes to BYU? I've shared some of mine. I'd love to hear from you guys. And I'm sure there gonna be some more I'll, I'll think up of. Maybe we kind of make this a recurring theme throughout this upcoming month. Things you're grateful for. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Drop them in the comments below in YouTube if you're watching this. Also, make sure to send them in, in social, via social media. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, DM us on Twitter. Uh, reach out via Facebook or Instagram. Locked on Cougars is the handle for all three of those platforms, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can send them to my personal Twitter feed. Jacob C. Hatch is the handle. I'd love to hear from you guys. And I'd love to highlight some of your comments about what you're grateful for when it comes to BYU athletics. Coming up next, though, I threw out a question yesterday. There's going to be an expectation of about $50 million at least for BYU when it comes to being a full share member of the Big 12 beginning in 2024-2025. So what should BYU be doing with that money? Well, some of you send in your responses. I think there's some actually really good ideas. We're going to get to those here momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends over at uh, Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by our friends at Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be, and I'm going to go back uh, to what I thought was a phenomenal play. It was a slant and go. It was a play action for BYU, and it was actually the only deep ball that Pukunakua caught. You, you know the one I'm talking about, the touchdown pass. He made the DB bite so hard that he was open by over 15 yards. The only concern was that Jaron Hall might overthrow the pass, and Puka settled underneath it, slid to a stop, and celebrated in the end zone. Puka is that dude for BYU. I keep saying that because he is a phenomenal football player, and he's maybe the best player in the state of Utah this year, bar none. I know there's been some good players at the University of Utah, but Puka Nakua, man, he is a man amongst boys out there, and it's just so much fun to watch him play the way he plays the game of football. It's intense, it's focused, but at the same time, he's having the time of his life. You can tell that when he's out there. So that's the, what I, that's the, that is the moment of the week this week for the BYU Cougars. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. They're all available now at NissanUSA.com. Also brought to you today by a fantastic new sponsor of ours here on the show. And what I love when I, when I, when I, we do a lot of reads on this podcast, so let's be real, but what I love about this is when my uh, personal life and my work life come together. And what I'm talking about is our friends over at UCCU. And what I'm talking about is UCCU has been my bank since I was knee high to a grasshopper. It is the only bank. I've had some other accounts at other banks, but it's the only bank slash uh, uh, what do you call it? A banking institution that I've ever kept my money with. And it's been there my entire life. I uh, trust me. I got my first debit card from UCCU. I got my first home loan through these guys <laughs> telling you UCCU and me are tied to the hip. And when they came on board with locked on Cougars, I could not be more excited. So let me tell you a little bit about them. They're offering right now a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4%. Plus, you can jump up for an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of that certificate. So think about that, guys. You're already getting 4%, which is a massive number, but you can jump up to a higher rate at any time during those 15 months. So I would be hate to tell you guys that the interest rates and inflation are both on the rise as if we all hadn't noticed, but here's the good news. UCCU is helping you use this current rise in rates to your advantage. As mentioned, they're offering a 15-month savings 
savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4%. What's a savings certificate? Is it like a savings account? A savings certificate is similar to a savings account. Both are great ways to earn a safe return on your money over time, but here's the difference. Saving accounts typically come, typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawals, but a savings certificate, you make just one deposit, then let your money grow and grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than a standard savings account. How much higher? A lot higher. As we mentioned, 4% right now, you can get that savings certificate started for as little as $500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, saver big or small. Not going to lie, folks, before they even mentioned they wanted to advertise with the podcast, I was already looking into this. So get to UCCU, uh, open that savings certificate today. It's super easy. You can do it online, over the phone, or just stop by any UCCU, UCCU branch. They're all over the place. Trust me. Utah County, even to South Salt Lake County, they'd love nothing more than to help you guys out. But remember, this offer is only for a limited time. So for a limited time, that they're offering that 15% savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4% and a variety of term options to match your specific needs. It's an incredible opportunity for people who want to build their savings. So go take advantage of it now. You make that one deposit, then let it grow over the life of that loan. And the best part is you can jump it up if those rates do happen to jump at any point during that term. So visit uccu.com to learn more or get a savings certificate today. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. All right, time to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, with regards to BYU and their overall money. But a quick reminder for you guys, I want to encourage you guys to make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter to the most interesting stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only the Locked On Network can provide. That is the Locked On Sports Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I asked for you guys to send in what you'd like to see BYU do with the money that they're going to be making as members of the Big 12. And you guys responded with some actually some really good ideas. First up is going to be our friend, good friend Nick Chadwick. He said, what I'd like to see done with the new money uh, coming in from the Big 12. Number one, the locker room at Lavelle Edwards Stadium should be where everything starts. He says, player experience. BYU has an opportunity with the old Provo Highland to build a mini athletic village solely for BYU athletes. I'd like to see a new ath- uh, indoor practice facility for BYU football that they share with nobody. Make it a dedicated practice facility. Utah's got a great facility for football where they have their own weight room, barbershops, lounge area, etc. It also says number three, more doctors, nutritionists, sports therapists. Either we are very unlucky or our guys are just cursed, but something has to be done to slow the pace of how many guys are getting injured. Now, let me stop there for just a minute. Uh, BYU actually has invested more in their sports science and strength and conditioning staff than they ever have before. For many, many years, BYU operated between two and three strength and conditioning coaches when the NCAA mandated limit is actually five coaches. They now have the five coaches on staff. So they've actually increased that. They also hired two sports scientists, former BYU uh, linebacker Colby Clawson, the guy who injured Sam Bradford. Yeah, he's now got like a doctorate in this stuff. He's working at BYU. And Dr. Skyler Maine, some of you may have seen his work on social media. You also may know him from his phenomenal mustache. Uh, it's, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look, look up Dr. Maine on social media. They're both very highly thought of sports scientists. They're working in the BYU uh, football program specifically to avoid injury. Injuries. And you know what? It's a violent game. I know that there has been a spate of injuries for BYU. But the other thing about this is they have played 10 straight weeks of football. Most programs by now uh, have had at least one bye week. And in the case of a uni- uh, not University of Utah, Utah State University, USU, they've actually had two byes in the time that BYU has uh, had 10 straight weeks of football. It's a brutally violent game, my friends. And I know that BYU has taken their fair share of injuries. I know that Cody Epps, it was revealed officially yesterday by Kalani Sitake that he is out for the season. 
That's a very unfortunate injury because he was in a game. They're down by 30-plus at Liberty late in the game. He takes a handoff and then injures his shoulder. That, that's a brutal, brutal break for a young man like that, for him to miss the rest of the season in such a... Uh, questionable circumstance to be in that game. I'll just put it at that. So I actually will say that BYU, funny enough, has actually invested more in terms of the overall strength and conditioning. They actually have a, a dedicated full-time nutritionist for BYU football for the first time this year. Like the 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 stuff you're talking about here, Nick, I, I don't mean to, to single you out, but this stuff is actually in place for BYU right now. Maybe it hasn't necessarily taken fully uh, full root with regards to uh, making sure guys stay as healthy as possible, but I can tell you a lot of the players and coaches I've talked to have actually said that they feel much better about about BYU right now with regards to how the things are looking up, looking uh, injury-wise than they have previously. Because uh, previously, you can kind of look at different injuries and say, okay, we have a trend of this or a trend of that. This year, it's kind of just been random things that have popped up. I, I, you can't treat a lacerated kidney. I, I'm sorry. You just have to wait for it to heal up in the case of Gunnar Romney. That's something that I, I, I don't know. A single sports scientist, trainer, doctor, etc. that's going to be able to heal a, a lacerated kidney. I, I know it came in a very, very... Uh, unfortunate circumstance because when you land on a football, you don't expect necessarily your, your kidney to last right, but that's just what happened. So I actually think BYU's done a very, very good job, all things considered, of actually giving themselves uh, the ability to up the overall health, uh, nutrition, overall just uh, playability uh, for BYU football players. Maybe it not maybe it's not necessarily showing right now, but trust me, they've invested more in it, and maybe they can continue to invest in it, but they have the bodies in place, at least, that they never have had before. They've, okay, not that they've had before. They have more bodies in place than they've ever had before. Let's put it that way. Like a dedicated nutritionist, two sports scientists, a full complement of strength and conditioning coaches. They're doing a lot of good things, uh, so let me add that. All right, uh, one uh, final thing here. Number four, this is coming from Nick Chadwick, our good friend Nick Chadwick15 on Twitter. You mentioned on the podcast, higher-end coaches. We get what we pay for in coaching. Uh, Elisa Tuiaki is a great D-line coach. Utah days have proven that. And a great person, but he's not a P5 defensive coordinator. We have to pony up the money and bring in a defensive coordinator and top-end position coaches. I would agree with that. If you're going to have $50 million in the bank annually, BYU has no reason that they cannot go out and pay the going rate for assistant coaches at the Power 5 level. Now, I, I can't say for certain that BYU will ultimately do that. It is my hope that they will invest in uh, the coaches that they need to take them to the next level. But the the bigger thing is I think that BYU is trying to make sure that they have uh, the right resources in place to give the current staff as much opportunity to succeed as as much as possible. I will still acknowledge I think that there's change coming to the BYU staff this offseason. Is it a wholesale change? I have no clue, but I do think that there are going to be there's going to be movement amongst BYU's uh, assistant coaches. I, I don't necessarily know that uh, they are going to, like I said, whack the entire defensive staff and bring in a defensive coordinator and say, you know, ha- you have carte blanche, hire your guys, get your get your staff in place, implement your system. Like I don't know that that's going to happen. But the biggest thing is, is I think that uh, the coaches, the the conversation should never be, hey, a uh, uh, this, if hypothetically, Coach X goes to Kalani Sitake and says, hey, Coach, uh, such and such a university is offering me this much money. And it should never be the conversation once BYU is fully getting those full shares from the Big 12. There should never be a conversation from Kalani Sitake saying, you know what, Coach so-and-so? 
I would encourage you to take that. I can't match that number. That should never be in the calculus anymore, unless it's just a just a crazy, crazy number. Like it's, they come, they're offering me two point five million dollars to be a position coach. Quan just slaps on the back, says, "Good on you, dude. Get out of here. I love you." That that's the biggest thing is I, I think that the the coaches thing. That should be a significant investment for BYU. And that's also something that D.F. Ost uh, weighed in on uh, YouTube with his. It will be curious to see what BYU Athletics does with the funds, uh, the, the prospects of funds from the new media deal. While I have no idea how BYU will distribute the funds, my perspective is that assistant coaching will become a significant investment. And you're, you're dead on, Ost. I, I think you absolutely need to go in there and make sure that the coaching part of this it's not a it's not a conversation anymore it should be that BYU has adequate coaches and a full complement of coaches that they can go out there and compete on the power five level now ultimately will that have the the impact that BYU is a player annually in the big 12 you'd hope so but the recruiting is a bigger thing here that's the other thing about this uh the one thing that I've seen BYU invest some in I talked about the fact that they invested in strength and conditioning they invested in a nutritionist sports scientist uh the recruiting department though uh they've done a decent job filling out they have a director of player personnel they've got a director of recruiting Patrick Hickman is in that role there are multiple guys in there but you can get more and more. Uh, BYU needs to find what I would call a recruiting assistant. I would call them an analyst, whatever you want to call them, for every assistant coach on BYU staff. And what I mean by that is their job, literally their job, is to track the athletes that assistant coach is assigned to go out and recruit and send them notes on social media, send them all the the mail, the posters, the, the love them up on social media, the graphics, all that stuff. That's their job. The assistant coach, yeah, they still have conversations with them, but the assistant coach has a lot of that stuff taken off their plate by this assistant in theory that makes it so they can focus on their ultimate job, which is the on-field performance of their position groups. That is what I would like to see. The I guess the next thing I'd like to see invested in from BYU. I think they've done a decent job investing here and there and making sure that they are getting people in place, but there's still far more that they can do. So maybe my thought is, yeah, the assistant coaches, sure. Make sure you have top level assistants, but at the same time, Give them the resources and meaning the manpower behind them to help them be successful in their jobs as well. I, I know that I'm talking a lot about BYU football, but here's the thing. BYU basketball, uh, all the other programs in the athletic department, they should all see at least an increase in the overall funding for their programs. That, that's the exciting part is BYU baseball, for example. There is legislation out there right now that they currently have an, a volunteer assistant coach position on every baseball program out there in the country. Well, according to the NCAA, that's going to now become a paid position coach a, a job. So BYU baseball, in theory, should have more funds to go out and get better assistance in their own world. And it's just it's a trickle down effect. Football runs the show. It, it brings in the most money, so therefore it gets the lion's share of the money, but it's a trickle-down effect. BYU men's basketball, they're going to be a very, very, uh, very, very good program, hopefully at some point in the Big 12. Well, guess what? They need to have the proper investment as well, and they're doing a good job, I think, in terms of making sure that BYU has uh, pieces in place to help that basketball program out there. But really, uh, there's only so much you can do in the coaching and off-the-field roles, uh, but you have to make sure that the on-field product doesn't suffer as much as you possibly can control that. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. 
players make plays. And that's the number thing, number one thing BYU's got to be aware of when it comes to these, these investments. But I am sincerely hopeful that as BYU continues to move forward here, going into the Big 12 with that money, that they will be able to invest it wisely. And at the same time, the, the ROI, the return on investment, will make sure that BYU is successful in many sports. But I hope none more so than BYU football. Because like I said, that is the driver. That is the front porch of the university. They use that phraseology. That's exactly what it is. The football program drives everything else. It's the bus that everybody else is riding on, but they, they're at the wheel and they're driving things. So I, I really, really like the prospects for BYU and the amount of money coming into this program. It's an absolutely insane amount of money, but at the same time, it's going to, I think, be very, very welcome inside BYU's athletic department. Obviously, uh, they'll be looking to do a lot of different things with that. The one other thing I would also add to this, I, I think somebody mentioned, I may have missed it uh, on another DM or a tweet, but uh, also investing in new facilities. Obviously, the Smith Fieldhouse, it's getting really, really old. The Richards Building, I know they've redone the pool, but you know what? That idea from Nick Chadwick to make it a dedicated BYU Athletics campus over at the Provo High uh, campus over there, I'm not opposed to the idea. I think it actually be a really, really cool thing. There's also uh, people that have rumored out there that could be the future home of a new BYU football stadium at some point down the road, but it's a really, really... Uh, big opportunity here for BYU uh, athletics. They, they've got a whole new era in front of them when it comes to the Big 12. Uh, they can reinvent themselves. That's the best part of this. They have so many opportunities here to go out and really prove what they can do. So uh, I've spent far too long on getting to like three or four of these comment here, comments here and I'll get to more of them throughout the week. If you have ideas of what you'd like to see BYU invest in, I love nothing more than to hear from you guys. Let us know what you'd like to see them uh, get an opportunity to do with the money that's going to be coming in over the next three, four, five even longer than that, maybe a decade. Uh, you think about 10 years from now, BYU could have had what? A hundred, not a hundred million every two years, man, a billion dollars invested into it. It's, it's crazy to think how much money BYU will be having coming into it annually. It's just absolutely insane to consider. So uh, just give me what you got. What, what do you have? What would you like to see BYU invest in? We'll get to more of those throughout the week along with what you're grateful for when it comes to BYU athletics. All right. Final things uh, before we close up shop here, we'll get to here momentarily. One final word on our friends over at sweat block. Many of you out there obviously um, have had embarrassing moments when it comes to sweating, I will always refer back uh, to a very awkward first date that I had. And many of you know the location of the Cascade, uh, the mini golf course. Of, of course, Cascade Golf Center used to be a golf course up there in northern Utah. I could have been more than like 17. I was on a double date with my buddy. My foot got stuck in between two rocks on that date. And I fell over and actually ended up landing in a puddle of water. It, Crazy embarrassing, and when you're 17, you're you're still completely insecure. At least I was. Maybe you guys were a little more secure at 17. I was not. I was just sweating like a madman. I would have loved nothing more than have something like Sweat Block to help me out. Is that's probably Sweat Block wipes are the must-have for everybody's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big big presentation, or in my case, a hot date, everybody can benefit. It helps you avoid those awkward situations where you're sweating through your shirt. That's the thing about this. So check it out, my friends. If you are someone that you know is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. Save 20 percent with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available at Amazon. Once again, it's 20% off the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock 
deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. And I just looked at the clock, and we have spent a lot of time uh, on today's show talking about some other things. So uh, quick uh, final thoughts for you guys before we wrap things up here is that I think BYU Athletics, they're doing some really, really cool things right now. Obviously, BYU football, you want to... Excuse me, you excuse me. Wow. You want to see them get back into the wind column this week, hopefully at Boise State. And I'd love nothing more than to see that. But the biggest thing is I mentioned this a little bit earlier on. BYU uh, sweeping their competition in their final West Coast Conference Championships. That's a phenomenal way to go out. Uh, BYU men's number two in the country, the women's team number five in the country. So both the individual and team West Coast Conference titles. That was at Fernhill Park in Portland, Oregon. Uh, BYU uh, had a 12-year reign of dominance atop the conference. I'm sure the rest of the West Coast Conference cross-country programs like thank goodness they're leaving. We have a chance to actually compete now. Uh, the men's team won eight consecutive league championships and their 10th in 12 seasons this past week, while the women won a fifth straight in their sixth in 12 seasons overall in the West Coast Conference. Absolute dominance. That is 16 uh, championships across 24 seasons. If you combine the two uh, men's and women's side of things, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal run for the men's and women's cross country programs. But that type of dominance, that's the best part about this is BYU jumps into the Big 12. That should carry over to the Big 12. This is a program, I guess not program, these are programs that are literally. Uh, elite. They are the among the tops in all of college athletics. This is not a program that's in any time, like maybe like a BYU football or a men's basketball or even women's basketball, to adjust to competing at the Power Five level in the Big Twelve. Frankly, I would expect next year the BYU men's and women's cross country programs maybe are the odds-on favorites to win the Big Twelve titles as they make the jump up in competition. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about being grateful for the overall depth and breadth of BYU's athletic department. There are a lot of programs out there that maybe don't get necessarily the pub or the hype that the football programs, the basketball programs may get. Uh, the women's soccer program is very well supported, but it's absolutely elite in its own right. Those are the, the, but these smaller sports, the Olympic sports, as a lot of people call them, they're absolutely phenomenal and they are deserving of more attention, more love, and obviously more investment in them as well. And the hope is that they will continue to compete at a very elite level for many, many years to come. So there you go. That's my final stanza here on today's show. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys to go out the door here. Make sure you check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors is doing a great job making sure you are aware of everything going on with the new media rights still for the Big 12. Also taking a look around the conference in terms of what uh, BYU fans can expect as they get ready to jump into the conference. What's the competition going to look like week to week? Uh, how how are things shaking, sh- shaking or shaping up in the Big 12 race? Uh, get that podcast. Locked on Big 12 wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube just like this show. That'll do it for me. Have a great rest of your day. Hope you had a fantastic Halloween once again and happy November to you all. Send in what you're thankful for now and we'll celebrate those throughout the rest of the week and obviously tomorrow hoping to have Clark Barrington with us right here on Locked on Cougars. See ya. Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.